Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Good morning. No? Cool? All right. <laughs> wow, I could have sworn I heard it. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, I've been in Brazil for about the last, I got back, we got back Friday at like 1 a.m., uh, but we've had a, we had a fantastic uh, trip, Josh and I, to Brazil, and I think next year we are going to take a trip about around the same time next year to Brazil to go work with this um, this village or this community that we have been working with the last two years. Uh, and so if that's something you're interested in, we'll probably have like actual dates, prices, and things like that in about uh, a month or six weeks, something like that. So just to put that on your radar. I will say this. Uh, Brazil, the Brazil trip is not for the faint of heart, uh, and so you will sweat, you will get hundreds of bug bites, and uh, you'll be you you will eat food that is. I mean, it's not bad food, but it's just it's just it's just different, <laughs> different. It's the word. Uh, if you're a little bit more posh, maybe uh, we are also looking at partners in Paris, and that could be a thing for you too. So you know, sacrificing for Jesus in Paris, right? So we'll see how that all works out. Uh, but they need Jesus too, so um, which is cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm a little tired too, so I might be a little goofy, and I apologize in advance for that, but I just haven't been sleeping very much. Although, Cassidy said I slept really well last night. Um, we do have Easter next week, and I do want to really encourage you and challenge you to pray about who could you invite to Easter. Uh, if you're, if you have a neighbor, a uh, coworker, a friend um, that God is putting in your heart even right now, as I think about, is there someone that you could invite to Easter? Uh, we have one service next week. It is, uh, it is nice that we do have childcare for four and under, but just want to encourage you, like God might, this could be a great opportunity for someone to hear about Jesus for the first time. Uh, and if you might be like, hey, like the, the relationship the person I'm thinking about isn't uh, maybe uh, open to coming to a church service, that's okay. Uh, maybe invite them to your community group or to be a part of a hangout with some people from church as well. That's just, but, but, but be intentional about who you're inviting to, uh, be intentional about, about, about leveraging the relationships that God's given you uh, and telling them about Jesus. And so this is one easy step to invite them to an Easter service uh, or again, to a community group or something like that as well. So, but we've been in a series um, called Mosaic, uh, and this is, a, this is actually a mosaic uh, on the screen as well, little pieces that make up a whole, and what we've been looking at over the past uh, two weeks, and this is the third week of this series, is we've been looking at uh, the mosaic of the atonement, or the mosaic of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, uh, and so atonement is to cover, is basically what that means very simply, but just what did Jesus cover, or what did Jesus cleanse, or make whole, uh, make, make holy on the cross, what did he do on the cross? Uh, and so one of the goals that I have is that when you think about if, if someone says, hey, what, why did Jesus die or why did Jesus die on the cross? It, you would have uh, some language to put around that for yourself that you would know uh, and, and you could communicate that uh, for your own good, but also maybe to communicate that to someone else. And so um, in, in, in atonement theories, though, uh, what ends up happening is, is that, that people argue, they'll, they'll argue about 
one atonement theory or uh, method being larger or stronger than the others. And so what a book that I read that Jared, who preached last week, suggested for me to read was um, uh, uh, this author who actually connects them together as a mosaic, as a beautiful picture of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, as opposed to competing ideas or ideals uh, for the church to argue over as well. And I, I really like that as well. So the first week we, we talked about the one that we're most familiar with if you grew up in the ev- evangelical church, which is uh, it was the heart of it, which is uh, substitutionary atonement, which is essentially Jesus died for the forgiveness of your sins uh, so that you could be restored back back to God. Like this is, this was the only thing that I t- we talked about when I grew up at church. Uh, and so we didn't talk about Jesus conquering evil, which we'll actually talk about and, and, and being victorious over uh, death, the enemy, or the, the Satan and, uh, and, and, and evil. We didn't talk about that very much. We only talked about Jesus died for the forgiveness of sins, which he did. Uh, and it's so huge. And then last week, uh, I, I, I think I, I re-listened to the sermon. I think Jared blamed me for giving him this sermon. Uh, it felt like that when I re-listened, when I listened to it. May, did it feel like that to you? Uh, if it did, I'm sorry. Like that's, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like Jared, when he, he, when he told me about this book, I said, hey, well, let's do the series. He's like, I am preaching that sermon. And I said, you can preach it. It's probably the hardest one. And he goes, I'm preaching it. Then last week, he's like, are you sure you want me to preach this one? And I'm like, dude, you said four months ago that you wanted this one. And then he blamed me. So it's his fault. Uh, But it's okay. Uh, I thought he did a great job. But he preached on uh, the feet, which I will agree with him and, and when he said this, and also, if you heard this, uh, it's called the feet, but the, the, the theory is called recapitulation, uh, which is uh, this idea about Jesus is like the head of all humanity. Uh, and I agree that why did he not, like why is that one not the head? Uh, I, I didn't write the book. We're just using this as an illustration. But also uh, the, the, the theory that we're going to talk about next week is, is talking about Jesus being victorious, which is kind of like the, his crowning, uh, his, 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 like his, him being king crowned. And so that's better imagery. And so they use the recapitulation as the foot because uh, it's foundational. Meaning if Jesus, this is why it's so important, if Jesus is able to represent all humanity, then he can die in your place. Like he is the rightful representative to die in your place. And that is the foundation that, that the heart and the head and the hands need so, that, Je- so, so that, that the other three make more sense as well. And so that's why that exists, but it's essentially that Jesus is uh, the head of all humanity and that, that he, is the, he, is, he is the second Adam who rightfully is the head and who lived the right, righteous life and models for us what it truly means to be human and also is able to represent us on the cross as well and he can rightfully die in your place. Now this week, I get the easy one, which is fun, but this is the most, um, this is the most practical of, of the atonement theories. Some people actually don't even want to, asso- like they would say that's actually after the fact because it involves us. It's a very practical one because it involves the church. It involves followers of Jesus actually living out their faith and actually participating in the atonement. And so they say, hey, that's actually not, that's like, that's that's post-atonement. So like it's it's more of the work of the church and stuff like that, which I understand that you can make that that argument. But this, for the sake of this, this, this thing is that we have a a role to play uh, in, in, in God using us to call people back to himself. This is what 2 Corinthians is the passage that we're going to be talking about today. But the, the theory we're going to be talking about today is called the moral influence theory. And I'm going to, uh, just to give you the roadmap for today, 
So I'm going to talk about it a little bit and maybe for about 10 more minutes. And then I'm going to actually invite Josh Smith to come up and talk about how do we, how does this, how does this fit and how does this work inside of Mission City? Because ultimately what it's going to be is it's going to be a challenge to you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's going to be a challenge to, to us as the church to actually participate in the mission of God, to invite people to follow Jesus, and then also to do the work of, of the kingdom, to do to live out the kingdom principles uh, in, in our lives. And so that requires you to be obedient to what God is calling us to. But at Mission City, we're kind of we're trying to create some lanes for you to operate in so that we as a church can empower you to, to be used by God. And so he's gonna be talking some of the practical side of it as well, which should be very fun. But this is called the moral influence theory. Uh, it's really like this, it's that the cross is seen as exerting a powerful and loving moral influence on humanity. That because of the love of God, I am then call, called to live a different way. It's Jesus' example of self-giving and sacrificial love of, on the cross is a model for human life. Meaning that like my life isn't my own anymore and that my life should be a, a picture of Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for the world and as a follower of Jesus, as him being my king, my example, that I lay down my life for the world or for others as well. Jesus mentioned last, or Jared, not Jesus, Jared mentioned last week that we are in Christ and connected to him and that means sometimes that our needs sometimes become secondary because of the needs of the whole and that's kind of what we do as participates in the body of Christ that we focus and put and forward uh, the priorities of the church and of, of Christ sometimes over our own, which is very backwards for us because what we do in our culture is like if that challenges or, or conflicts with my own needs, then what, what does that mean? It means I'm, 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 I'm out. Like I'm not going to participate in that as well. And so, but the, the, this cross, this picture of Christ's love is, 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 is for us, it, it calls us to love uh, others and our enemies as well. So this love creates a thankful, obedient response to live like Jesus, to love God and others with our whole selves. We are called to lay down our lives for the good of others. Now, um, a guy named Scott McKnight, he wrote a book called Jesus Creed. He also wrote a different book about atonement. He says it this way uh, to connect it to atonement. It's the first slide. So he says, atonement is not just something done to us and for us. It is something that we participate in. I think this is a great quote. Uh, in this world, it is here and now. And so let me read that again. So atonement is not just something done to us and for us, but, but it very much so is but there's, it's more than that. It's something that we participate in in this world. It is in the here and now. And, and it's, we are not spectators. We are participants. We are not just spectators in the, the work that God is doing in this world. We are participants. Now, it doesn't mean that you save people and that, 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 that you can save yourself. That's not what it means. God is the one that saves. But it means that God invites human beings to participate with him on his mission in this world to bring people back to himself. And I think that's incredible that God invites you and I, he invites all of us to participate in the work that he is doing in this world. He wants to use you. And that's why we encourage you to pray about how God might 
want to uh, use you to invite a neighbor to, to, to this community or wants to use you to have a conversation, a spiritual conversation with someone to, to, to point them to the one who has died and laid down his life to forgive us of our sins, to conquer death, to conquer evil so that we could be restored back to the Father as well. We're not, we're not just sitting outside the ropes. We are participates in God's plan to atone the world. I, um, uh, I like to uh, cycle. Anyone, any road bikers in here? Bad illustration. All right, I like to golf. Any, any golfers in here? Anyone like to golf? All right, sweet. So when you golf, like how many of you like to wear like the nice golf outfit when you golf? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Ryan definitely likes to. <laughs> There's just something about looking pro, right? Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna look, like, like if you're gonna play well, you gotta look good, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so um, we are not, if, to, to use this example, we're not like someone who dresses up in all of the correct golf attire, who buys all of the right the golf equipment to this, then just go and stand and look at a golf course and never hit a golf ball. We are not that. We are to actually go and play. We're, we are participants in it. We're to go play a whole round of 18 on a Sunday afternoon with a weather like this. I'll see you in four hours, babe. I love you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have to watch Maisie. But, but we, are, we are participants. And so atonement is, uh, atonement is, this is atonement in practice. It's in praxis. Like it is a part of us as well. So scripture, to, to, to show you in scripture, this is kind of how this looks. 2 Corinthians 5, this is one of my favorite passages in scripture. This is a good thing if you ever want to just study a passage of scripture, like just to soak in kind of the second half of 2 Corinthians 5. But he says this, he says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and what? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So Jesus, that reconciled, he atoned, you could say he atoned us to himself, or he atoned us of our sins, and gave us a ministry of atonement, verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Next slide, please. Verse 20, he says, Therefore we are ambassadors, representatives for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so you see this so that Paul is getting at is that, that we are not only reconciled to God, but we are called to have a ministry of reconciliation, that I am called to be Christ's ambassador, that God is making his appeal through human, other human beings to call people to come back to himself. And that's so cool that God is calling you to be a participant. This is why in this, 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 the moral influence is the hands. Like you, we, we, not only is that Christ was died for us, that he showed us how to live and how to love and how to lay down our lives for others, but he invites us to be an extension of himself, to be the working hands as he is now with the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, I, and, and I love verse 20 and 21 because, uh, you can just leave it there for a second, because in it we, we, we actually see the feet, the heart, and the hands in one verse. So you see the heart that in, in verse 20 and 21, um, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. That's the hands coming out. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled, or other translations say come back to God. 
Uh, and then I love this. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. That in itself is the heart. That is the, the heart coming out that Jesus became sin, who knew no sin, for us so that we could be brought in to relationship with God. And then, the, then the, the, the feet is when it talks about being in Christ, that we are in Christ as well. And so this is what this is. And so the, the hands uh, is, is, is a couple things. You know, hands, um, hands say a lot of things. Like you can do a lot of hand signs with, with your hands, right? I can, I can communicate to you with my hands. Can I not? Like this is what? Good, right? Um, I'm trying to think of uh, just trying to think of hand signs to, to do right now. But uh, the, the hand also, if you think about the hands too, like if, I, if I'm saying like this, what is this? What does this signify? Like if my hands are out like this, receptive, surrender, yeah, other things like that too. But it's, it could be welcoming as well. If I'm like this, what does this mean? Stop, stay away as well. <laughs> it's also a defensive posture, meaning I will crush you. <laughs> I could never crush anybody. <laughs> but, uh, and so, in, in the illustration of the hands, we kind of see there, there's, there's two things. There's this in, the, the inviting hands, right? To, one, to imitate Christ with our love and to invite others to come back to God. That's, that's one of the, the, the things that we participate in. And the other thing is, it's actually a, it's a, it's a stop sign, but it's more of a pushing back of evil, of saying no to evil and injustice into our world. And so there's an invitation for you to love God in the same way that Jesus does. And there's also an invitation that you make to others to invite people to follow God. And then as a follower of Jesus, when we see injustice in the world, when we see evil in this world, we say no to it and we do something about it as well. Uh, and so um, that, that's that's very simply that's very simply the hands. And so uh, very simple application is that you are participants. You're not just spectators in the mission of God, and God wants to use you. And so and I really believe this. I really believe that God wants to use each and every single one of us. And so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite Josh Smith uh, is our outreach director. He's going to come on up. I'm going to ask him a couple questions uh, about how does what does this look like for you and for I at Mission City? Because we really like we want we. The, the hope is this is like, cool, I'm, I'm a participant. Sweet, awesome, yeah, I'm a participant. And then we go home and nothing changes in our life. Uh, and, and instead it's like we go home and, and now I go, all right, I'm, I have some follow-up conversation or work to do potentially so that God might want to use me to uh, invite others back to him. So welcome, Josh. Thanks. Is this working? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, great job. Uh, and, and also, too, um, because we did go to Brazil, we'll probably give you an update on Brazil, too, because you might want to know about that. So uh, how about we start there? Does that sound good? <laughs> that sounds great. All right, so, Josh, how was, how was Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brazil was awesome. Um, it was a heck of a lot warmer than it is here. I'm freezing right now. Um, I just love, like, the people and the culture, um, so it's always a good time. Uh, meeting new people in Brazil um, and just hanging out with them and stuff. Uh, but I think this trip was especially really like special and impactful for me because it was a really great opportunity to see God kind of answering some prayers of like things that we've been praying for the community that we worked in as well as things that we've been praying for the missionaries um, that we work with. Um, and I actually think like as a way to provide like an update about Brazil, I think it's probably helpful to talk a little bit about the community that we were actually working in. So I'm gonna kind of revisit last year, I think, and the trip that we took then. Um, so we've been working in a community called Jaca de Quara, I believe, as I'm 
pronouncing it correctly, hopefully. I, I, I say everything incorrectly in Portuguese. So <laughs> yeah. I prayed for a fish last year instead of the city. We were supposed to. You eat it <laughs> accidentally. We <laughs> Backstory. <laughs> There's a famous <laughs> dish. What's it called? Uh, tambaki. Tambaki. And uh, actually, uh, allegedly, Bill Clinton had this flown to him weekly or monthly because it was how much he liked it. And w- first time we're going, we're on this boat, this beautiful moment, sun's going down, we're praying for the city. And I say, God, will you just pre- please reach Tambaqui? And all the Brazilians are just giggling to themselves as I'm praying. And I prayed for a fish, that he would reach a fish. <laughs> it's jo- I say Jaco de Quata, but I know I'm saying it incorrectly. So... <laughs> But I think it's also uh, just like as a random side thing, like it translates to loosely like land of the crocodiles or something like that. Correct. Um, it's like this really remote community. It's right off the Amazon River and you can only get there by boat. Um, so yeah, and so our missionary partners have been working there. So we have two missionary partners, um, Nate and Rox Miller, who are missionaries from the United States. And then we have Wanderson and Juliana, who are pastors in Brazil. Um, they lead a church in a city called Itaparanga, which, depending on the day, it can take four to seven hours to get by boat to Jaca de Quara um, from that community. Um, but they've been working in this community for a little bit over a year. Um, yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's a haul to get there for sure. Um, but one thing that I would say about, they call it like Jaca de for short, um, is that they don't have a thriving or active church. Um, they do have a couple of church buildings that are rarely used basically um, and I, th- I think we get kind of like the sense that there's probably other missionary groups that do occasional trips there um, and so I think there's like this interesting dynamic where we see a community that is I would say like evangelized so they know like the name of Jesus and maybe like um, at like a, a, a high level like what Jesus did but they're not discipled meaning that they don't necessarily know what it would mean to follow Jesus or like what that looks like in their day-to-day life they don't know necessarily like who Jesus is or what his characteristics are. Um, and so that's why Nate and Rox and then Wanderson and Juliama have kind of felt led or called to be working there. Um, so they actually go about once a month loosely. I think Wanderson told me that their goal is like nine times a year. Um, so they're basically providing like a more regular, sustainable like discipleship process. Um, and so kind of in response to that, like our prayer has been that like God would raise up someone in that community who um, would know Jesus, wants to be discipled by our missionary partners, and then can begin discipling others themselves. Um, So kind of like this idea of um, we create disciples, we're like a force multiplier, basically. And so the prayer has been um, in Jackaday that there would be someone in that community that can do that and fulfill that role. Um, And so like I had mentioned, like what was really special was I think this time around we like saw God like answer that prayer in just like a year, um, and so that was pretty awesome. Um, so I think if it's all right, I'd like to share just some very like specific examples. Yeah, go that. for okay, it. Okay, if we have time. Okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever you want, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, there was a family. Um, the parents' names are Wanda and Hedgie Milson, I believe, which I kind of said sounds like a publisher, um, like a company, but it's Hedgie Milson. Um, Hedgy Milson and Wanda were like pretty receptive to the gospel and they've been kind of discipled um, by our missionary partners over this last year. Hedgy tells this really funny story where in previous years uh, when he saw missionaries approaching his front door, he would sneak out the back door of his house 
Um, and what's kind of crazy is they're on the edge of the community, so sneaking out the back door was literally like straight into the jungle. Um, so that's how much he was like, I'm not gonna like. That's how opposed he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it was crazy just like hearing his story of like how he um, is like learning about scriptures, um, asking questions of the missionary partners, um, and just being really discipled. And that kind of like culminated and we were able to watch him and three of his children get baptized in the Amazon River, which was just really, I don't know, that was like my most emotional day. I was like kind of losing it, but um, it was powerful. It was yeah. very powerful. Just yeah. like they were in these like white robes and like brought out into the river and like baptized. And it was this very moving moment. Um, I think it speaks a lot. I'm going on a little tangent here, but it speaks a little bit to like the global church and like it's not just Mission City. Like there's sure. God is doing things like abroad. Um, and so that was just really beautiful to see. Um, another really powerful moment, I think, was we heard the testimony of a man who is the husband of one of the teachers in the community. His name is Joabi, um, and he shared this testimony of where he, um, I don't know, just like pretty much at every turn in his life, God had, I think, like ordained and like redeemed him from things. So he had been redeemed from depression, drug use, where he was like sleeping in the streets for like extended periods of time, missing work and like away from his family. Um, he had, um, I think, like, a hint of gang violence, maybe, I would say, <laughs> that he had kind of been redeemed from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, um, basically, he committed his life to Christ. He's like, I am dedicating my life to Christ because God has, like, brought me out of these things. Um, and then he's not from Jockaday, but he's now there, and he wants to continue, like, pursuing Christ there. And, like, I just think that there's a lot of opportunity there like in sharing his testimony and how he might be able to disciple yeah. others yeah we were one of the things we were praying for is so we're praying for someone to be in this community regularly to actually not only to decide for us to disciple them but also for them to become like potential ankle anchor anchor families for the church that will eventually be planted in Jockaday and uh, there were, he was one of them that we we're like, after talking to him, we're like, we believe that God will keep you there. His wife's family, like, were one of the founding founders of this community maybe 60, 70 years ago. Uh, and so we really believe God brought him here uh, to hopefully maybe even pastor this church or either be one of the key elders of this church, you know, a few years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the last way that I'll share that, like, one of the very evident ways that we saw God. Um, kind of answering that prayer of like raising someone up in the community um, is just like kind of this group of teachers that are now there. Um, so Jockaday is like a very small community. And so what the government does is they'll contract out teachers who come for a period of time from a city, um, another city, um, and then those teachers will live there for a year or more, whatever that may be. Um, and so this, over the course of this last year, I think this is totally, like, this is very obviously, like, God, um, is that a group of those teachers for this year are Bible-believing Christians who feel like the heart of our, this community that we're in doesn't know Jesus, and, like, what can we do about that? Um, and so I think, like, that just kind of re reminded me of something Joanna on our outreach team had shared a little bit this uh, during our last outreach team meeting just Luke 10, 2, which says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's just something that we've been praying through in um, the outreach team, is that there are people who are ready to receive the gospel, and that's what we saw across the board in Brazil, but we need workers to go into those fields. Um, and I think, like, 
there's both these people that are ready to receive the gospel, but we're also seeing God like provide the workers in the community through the teachers um, and through the missionary partners. Yeah, yeah. So how is our, so this trip is a little different. So t- traditional uh, trip, you know, we would take 20 of us, we'd go down, we would go do what most of the, the ministering, if you will, I put that in air quotes, but we would do most of the work, if you will. This was the opposite. Josh and I were the only people that, uh, on the boat that solely spoke English, which is awesome. So half the time, actually going in, I thought, I was like, it's just gonna be me and Josh sitting on the boat, watching all these people speak Portuguese, and I'm just gonna be alone. I'm gonna be sad. Lost in the jungle, no internet, no service. Uh, but that luckily they talked to us, which was nice. Uh, but, um, and we had translators too, which is also nice. Uh, but how uh, how was the team? Because we, we brought basically maybe 12 to 15 Brazilians with us on our team to go serve with us. So how did, how were they the kind of the hands that we were kind of talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much exactly what you're saying is like, that's kind of a model for missions that I love is like empowering and equipping um, the local people to then disciple um, people like in their vicinity. Um, and I think that's exactly like what happened, like you shared. Um, really, our only role was very behind the scenes. We provided, I think, the financial support to get the 15 Brazilians to Jacade um, on a bigger boat than what they would normally take. Um, but then we were able to provide just like, I think encouragement is like probably our primary role during this trip. Um, and then uh, we also did like a little bit of training, but like arguably I learned just as much from them as like we were able to provide them. Sure. Um, but what was awesome was, yeah, so the training, this concept of a training was to basically like equip them to go out in this community and have spiritual conversations, which is something we talk a lot about here. Um, and basically just to like equip them to go make those connections and build those relationships in ways that like we as Americans probably can't, like we, there is like that cultural and language barrier. Um, and so people in Brazil are obviously gonna be better equipped to speak to people um, in their culture, in their language and things like that and connect on those ways. Um, so yeah, I would say like they were the hands and feet or the hands and feet of Christ exactly in the ways that you're talking about in that um, they're calling these people in Jacade to follow Christ. Yeah. And not only are they doing that, but they're also like willing to commit their time and resources um, and just like they're, it's, missions is like emotionally taxing sometimes. Like yeah. they're willing to commit who they are um, to bring these people back to follow Christ. Um, and so I think that's how we really saw them be the hands and feet. Yeah. And I, I was kind of thinking about this of like, almost like a chain like hand situation where we're like hands in hand, hand in hand with our brothers and sisters in Brazil. Cause we extended the hand to like provide them support and equipping or whatever. Um, and then they were able to use that to like extend the hand right. to Jacade. Yeah, so methodology wise in this, in this context, Brazilians are very hospitable. Like you could go knock on the, you don't knock cause they don't have doors, but you clap. That's how you knock on the door, uh, which is pretty funny. But um, they literally, we, we provided coffee and uh, this uh, cheese-filled pastry called pajacaju? Pajacaju? something like that. I don't know. Close enough. Uh, and literally, hey, can we come over and hang out? And you, we hung out with people for like two, three hours at a time. If you come over to my house and try to come into my house with coffee for two to three hours, I'm not even going to answer the door. Uh, but it was incredible what... It was just incredible, the hospitality, but just watching them engage in spiritual conversations uh, was incredible. So um, how, to, to bring this full circle, uh, how do we, like, 
how do we do this? How, how can we become the hands with kind of the stuff you guys working on the outreach team? Um, what, yeah, how, how can we do this? Yeah, I think this goes back a little bit to what I said from like Luke 10, um, is that the harvest is like ready and plentiful. Um, and we just need to like <laughs> have that courage, not be paralyzed and go out into the quote unquote fields. Um, I would argue that like we are all already in a field or potentially like multiple fields. So that might mean like your neighborhood, your place of work, your school. These are already places that you're in where I like, I don't know, Brazil has just kind of re like affirmed this in me. There are people ready right now when I go back to work on Monday who are ready to receive the gospel that they um, are ready to, I don't know, have a worker like come to them and basically share the gospel with them. Um, and so, um, like Russell said, like we're kind of looking for practical ways to do that. Um, and so I'm going to share just like three, well, I actually just added a fourth. So there's four quick <laughs> practical ways um, that we can um, be the hands and feet of Jesus. And they're things that the outreach team has been working on. Um, and so the first one um, that I would say is just kind of like identifying people in your life um, that you think are ready to hear the gospel. And I think, like, for me, when I read this Luke 10, 2 verse about, like, the harvest being plentiful, I think, I think a lot about, like, my own experience with that is I pray a lot, like, God, would you, like, open up the eyes and, like, ears of, like, these people around me? Um, would you, like, make their hearts receptive? And I think those are good things to pray, but I think I use that as almost a cop-out where I'm waiting for, like, that perfect moment. And I think Brazil has taught me, like, these there are people who are just ready now like I don't have to do like additional groundwork or anything like that there are people who are ready now what I would say about that is if that is something that's kind of like intimidating and like hard to navigate for you um, come speak to someone in the outreach team and that includes Joanna Joe Haley and myself and we'd love to chat with you about how to navigate those conversations so if there's someone in your life right now that you think you need to share the gospel with come speak to us, we can help you um, navigate that and even share like our own experiences with navigating those conversations um, with people in our workplaces um, uh, or school or whatever, wherever it may be. The second thing I would say, kind of related to this, kind of on the flip side of this, is if you're like, there's no one in my life that I think that I need to share the gospel with, that's first of all not true, um, but secondly, <laughs> come speak to the outreach team again because we would love to help you navigate like that as well. So we have some tools and resources to help you kind of examine the places that you're in, examine like the people that you're around, and we can help you like maybe identify and like begin praying for people in your life um, that might need to hear the gospel. The third thing is kind of related to this concept of the hands and feet of Jesus pursue justice and like fight against justice and love others. Um, the Irish team, we've kind of mentioned this a couple times like from the stage, but it's kind of ready to be rolled out now, is we do have grant funding, we're calling them the outreach grants, where you can apply for funding because we want to help equip and support you in loving others, advocating for justice, um, just helping like marginalized people groups and things like that. Um, so basically what it is, is it's just an application process where you can say, hey, this is a cause or like a group that I want to help. Um, and basically what we'll ask you is, can you tell us how this relates to our vision here at Mission City to be a community that makes Jesus known? And then also how will this lead to spiritual conversations? Um, and so I'll just share like a, some examples of, I've talked to some people to kind of get that ball rolling. So Andrew Robinson, for example, works at 
Hawker Grove Middle School, um, and we've shared with him maybe um, using the grant funding for non-perishable food items for the students at that school. Um, if you were here, I don't know when this was, maybe like last year, we went to a guy's home and a girl's home for recovering addicts, um, and we shared like a meal with them and just had a meal um, with those guys. Um, and Luke Bergner has expressed interest in continuing doing that, so I told him like, hey, apply for the grant funding because we can help you with getting food to go do that. So those are just maybe some ideas to kind of get the ball rolling for you. So if there is a passion or a cause that you um, are really, I don't know, just burdens your heart maybe, um, we do, we want to equip you and, resor and provide resources to help you like meet those needs. And like Russell was saying, just be the hands and feet of Jesus in um, loving those, those people. And then the last thing, I literally just added this while I was sitting down. I love it. Um, I think just like a super, super practical thing that we can do right now is with Easter coming up, invite someone to the Easter service. Um, I think Easter and Christmas are like our big two. People have spiritual like conversations more easily. Um, they're kind of like thinking about those things. Um, so I would encourage that. And maybe if that's like even too big of a step, I was just thinking like maybe invite them over for um, Easter dinner or Easter lunch or something like that. Um, just as like, this is something that we celebrate as a believing family, as a believer, um, yeah. and just kind of engage in spiritual conversations in that way. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Josh. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say before you're, uh, before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I think, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 I think you mentioned this, but... I'm always struck like it is truly a gift that God, I think like the narrative of scripture is like God partnering with us. Yeah. And I think almost like a not, a, not even like a sub narrative, but like a way that that is um, practiced is like God partnering with us or like asking us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. Um, and I do think that's like, that's like a gift because he's like trusting us um, to fulfill that. Um, and carry that out. And so I just, I, I, that was just something that I was thinking about in Brazil is like, it is a gift to be here with these Brazilians and like be encouraged by them and also to encourage them. Um, yeah, so I would just encourage everyone to like kind of consider that, like what that means in your life to be the hands and feet of Jesus because it is something that God has called us to. But I think like in a, in a unique and special way, it's like a way that we are stewarding like who we are in him yeah. um, too. Yeah, it's, a, it's almost like steward, you're stewarding, like, how you've been wired, you know, because, like, the, the one thing I would say is the, the diver there's diversity in how God wants to use each of us, and so some of it's, like, um, I would say, like, so Melissa does, Melissa's passionate about women's ministry, and so to me, like, that's how God's wired her to be the hands and feet of Jesus to minister to women. And she's going to minister to women inside of our church. She's going to minister to women who are outside of our church. And so she's going to be able to do to, to both of those things. And so I, I don't think there's a, there's not many places that could limit where, like where God might want to use you. And so uh, it could be your vocation. Like you're like, I have no margin right now in the season of life. I have a young kid. I have a busy job. There is no margin. And God might be like, I know. So where are you? You're at work. You're with, you know, you're at a kid's activity. Cool. Like, that's where God wants to leverage where you're currently at to be used by him to, to call people back to himself. And so, um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for sharing all that Thanks. stuff. I really appreciate that, too. And we, you can give it up for Josh if you want to. We can applaud. A lot of clapping. 
Brazilians love to clap after everything, every prayer, everything, everything. It's crazy. But um, we we really believe that that one of the thing, one of the works, one of the part of, about being in a community like this, uh, one one of the things about being a leader of a church too is is my job is to equip. It's talked about in Ephesians four is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Like one of the things that that we are supposed to do is to like my my job is to equip you all, y'all, what up, uh, to equip us to, to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to, to do the work of ministry inside of the church. Yeah, there's things that need to be done. Like if you're passionate about music or you're passionate about ministry to kids, like those are good, godly things. Uh, but also like God wants to use you to call people back to himself, that you are a participant. So I'm gonna invite the band to come back up as we move into a time of response. That, but you are, you are a participant in the mission of God. You're allowed to. And maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines. Like maybe you think it should be done for the professionals. Maybe you think it should be done by people who have, have been followers of Jesus for a longer period of time. Maybe you think it's like, I don't have any gifts or talents or I don't have any passions. I don't know what, what, what could be holding up. But God genuinely wants to use you. And so the first step, though, if you're like, I don't know, I don't feel equipped or I don't know what to do. I don't know where to do, but I want to do something. The first step, very easy step, is to talk to the outreach team. Talk to someone on the outreach team. That's, that's the first step. You're like, hey, what's the practical next step for me? Have a conversation with Josh, uh, Joanna, Joe, uh, Haley. Have a conversation with them because they want to help you along the way. Uh, and they can, and also not just like help guide you, have a conversation. They also want to help with resources. We want to help with resources. Well, we, we designate funds in our budget each year, uh, and this year specifically too, to partner with, with those, to, to fund those grants as well. So, um, so now we're going to move into a time of response. I'm going I'm to invite you just to, to ask this question. This very simple question is, how does God want you to partner with him for his mission? So if you, you can bow your heads as we move into maybe a spirit of prayer. Tommy, you want to play something really fast? So even just giving some space and some room, like, God, how, how, how do you want me to partner with you? to call people back to you. God, right now, would you bring uh, names to mind? It could be a neighbor. It could be a coworker. It could be a family member. God, it could be an idea of someone that's in need. It could be someone that's... Uh, a crisis pregnancy that you just care and passionate about about uh, moms who are having babies that are in need it could be uh, the homeless it could be that you really care about men growing up being godly men and that you want to start a men's ministry but God would you speak right now how do you want us to partner with you God and then if, if there is something that, that speaks to you right now, that you really believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, is, is giving you wisdom, that you have like, like just unreal, un, 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 excuse me, just, just, just super godly clarity right now, that you just write that thing down or write that name of that person down. And begin to pray, if it's a person, begin to pray for that person, begin to pray for the next time that you're gonna see that person, that the next time you're gonna have a conversation. Maybe it's this after the service. Josh I'm gonna, is going to be next to the coffee outside in the lobby. 
if you need to have a conversation about uh, maybe you have an idea and you want help. Maybe you, maybe you want to have an idea, but you don't have an idea and you need to have a conversation and you need to go have a conversation with him, but we can do that. God, we love you so much. God, I, we praise you for the fact that you have reconciled us that you have brought us back, and that you not only have reconciled us to yourself, but you have invited us to participate in this ministry of reconciliation, of calling people to come back to you because we have come back to you and we've experienced forgiveness and life and joy and love and hope that is in you. And God, from that place that we want to invite people back to, we want to invite people to you because of the amazing things we've experienced in you. And so, God, would you, would you use us? God, would you give us courage in you, strengthen you, God, to, 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 to be used by you for your sake, to call people back to you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.